<clears throat> Welcome back everybody to another episode of Ask Someone Else with yourself Kaz, the face of Property by Kazi. Um, we've been away for a week or two unfortunately, but we are back again. Um, so if you're new or if you're not new, make sure you invite your friends, get them in so we can make sure any, everyone can benefit from some great value today. Um, today I've got some guests on that I'm excited to have on. I met them in I met them in real life, um, and I thought I'd title this one um, "Let's Talk Property Development" because today we're going to talk to some developers, not just property investors, but people that actually are actively developing assets. So let me see how I can get them on board. Oh, I'm going to send that request. As always. Um use the comment box to ask questions so we can make sure we can have a really nice informative conversation hello hi can you hear us i can indeed how are you doing good thanks gig i'm not too bad thank you i took a couple of weeks off doing these lives as you know i was waiting for you guys i was really excited to get my last guest on for season two took a little while i think you had covid i had covid a lot of back and forth yeah Lots, yeah, lots of COVID, lots of just really, like, our schedules have been insane. So I'm surprised. We're, it, to be honest, if it wasn't for the live today, we wouldn't have been together today. So it's been a blessing in disguise. <laughs> is, that, is that beneficial? Like, do you, how have you found being, like, being a duo, being a team? Do you not feel like sometimes you need a third? Do you ever come to a point where you, you disagree and you need somebody to come and say, like, you know, to no. kind of, no? We do disagree, but then as, as long as the other one has a reason to make the mm. other one understand it, it's me more so probably that yeah. I ask about 100 questions as to why you've come to that conclusion. There's no, it's not a problem that that's Jasmine's thought process, but I always need to know why. And so now always. she comes with her facts ready and sometimes too ready. I'm like, all right, relax. I wasn't even going <laughs> to ask you. Right? So, she, she, so she just comes with her. She comes with all the objections already, already yeah, prepared. She's, she's like, let's go. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. And sometimes I'm like, I wasn't even going to say anything. But yeah, okay. I try it. But no, we don't generally like if we've got if we've got a difference of opinion, it ends up being OK. So like factually, what's better or financially, what? what's better? Or like business-wise, our value, what is actually, it might be in think, our own opinion. So that kind of always, that always ends up becoming, it's almost like our business is the third. The third the decider. Third so effectively, if you have a different opinion, you put the business first and try and sort of take that, you know, that sort of ego out of it rather than I just want it this way or somebody wants it that way and just rely the on what's financially makes sense. The, e the ego out of our business individually went real quick. Like yeah. it, it just disappeared. Real, yeah. but I think if, if we had a little bit going in, I think that we were humbled super quickly by each other. <laughs> so there was you no know, ego left if there was any in the first place. That's no, good. No but, uh, Jasmine Priya, so for those that don't know you, can we get a little introduction into who you are, what you do? I think that'll be good. You do it. Um, <laughs> hate it. Yeah, I do. Do you want me to do it? Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm Jasmine, this is Priya. We've been investing together since 2018, but individually we've got about 15 years worth of experience in property. So yeah. we invest all across uh, England. So we've got properties from like Middlesbrough, Leeds, all the way down to Plymouth. And we basically invest in different strategies in different areas. So we try to have multiple streams of income in regards to property. 
in regards to strategies they were a little bit different to the kind of norm um we basically cover all strat all strategies minus rent to rent and we don't do service accommodation that's okay. kind of us um, um we, we used to say we were under 30 but i'm now 31 so that does not work so you have, to, you have to take you have to take that out of your bio quickly that's definitely definitely we probably know we don't I don't know if that's even it. I don't know where it is, but we're no, we're no longer under thirty. We're definitely. I'm still there. Well, well, but, but yeah, well, you, you, you're waiting. Thirty, 30 plus is where the magic really happens. So you know, you got you got all the enjoyment to come. I'm just feeling old, if I'm honest. I'm, we're I'm, I'm needing an extra coffee a day, but it's what it is. I do because when I I remember like starting out in property and being young, and then when I was sort of doing, even when I was, move, I was moving people into properties and things like that, and I checked their ID. And I'd see how much older than they were. And now I feel like I'm checking people in and I'm seeing how much younger than they are. And I'm like, 2,000? Oh, yeah. my heart. Yeah. too much. 90s babies. Okay, so yeah. you said individually. What, what was your actual background individually in property? Um, so I did a degree in economics. I worked in banking for seven years, then got made redundant and then began my property journey. Not really super interesting, but... I started investing when I was 19, so I um, went to uni, I bought, um, my into, going into my second year, I bought a house, so I converted it into a HMO, lived in it, but this is, like now sounding really old, this was the days where HMOs weren't really a thing, there were no regulations, there were no mortgages, it was just renting, the, renting individual rooms to students, um, so I did that and I kind of continued every, every couple of years doing something. I uh, went full-time in, into property in 2016, but I've been buying since 2009. Okay. And so you're, what were you doing between 2009 to sort of 2016? What type of properties were you investing or what were you doing? Mainly north, to be honest. I, I, like, a lot of my time went into, it was mainly two areas, if I'm honest. So up until 2009, I was 19, I was like, still at uni. So I was, I bought my one. I sat on it for a couple of years. It was in Hertfordshire, so it appreciated quite a lot. I took my money out, bought a property in Stoke. I then went into full-time employment. I was working mm -hmm. in London, enjoyed it. I did the same. I kind of had a little bit of extra cash, put it into put it into another property. And it really, it was kind of just like, at some point in life, I'm going to need it. So I'm going to mm -hmm. do it. But it really wasn't my focus. So I was mm -hmm. just buying student HMOs is what I was doing. And then I did, I bought a few in Kent, which went on to social housing. And I was literally just... I, I literally just was traveling, working, um, and it was either social housing or it was HM, uh, student HMOs up north. It was more like laziness, uh, to be honest. But I think it's, you know, I, I guess, you know, rather than if you didn't invest that money, it would have been very easy to sort of spend it as well. Because if we're not investing, it, it's so easy to just justify, you know, justify the expensive bag or the shoes because you've got the money there. Why do you keep looking there? <laughs> We literally just have spent the day in Harrods, like no joke. <laughs> we went, got to Harrods about like one thirty, and we, we just got back a little while ago. And if like, I mean, what bad timing. Um, yeah, can you just open it for me? Do you want me to do it? Yeah. Okay, one sec, I'm going to leave prayer to the story. My what was the story? In Harrods, what were you doing in Harrods and what did you buy for us? Because that's you know, a rule here now. We just came home with a coffee and nothing else. Mm. And then went to Zara. Um, so we, you know, we just went out for a day out, having a look around, seeing what's around, and that's it, really. But, yeah, that's... Because it, it was effectively... But do you think the fact that you invest in property means that you find it more difficult to spend on 
you know, like more extravagant purchases because sure. in the back of your mind, you're thinking... We both tried on trainers, we both tried on shoes, we looked at bags, we looked at jewellery and we came here with nothing because... Because I didn't have anything in my size, but if there was something in my size, my credit card would have been a whole lot lighter today. I, I think I think I think it is but I think it's good that you know a lot of the time when I was looking at purchasing things you know it's, it's very easy to get to, to, it's very easy to get caught up in the expense because you could spend like you could literally spend your whole deposit on a day in Harrods or you, know, you could really, think to myself it's a, really, it's a really interesting kind of thought process because when me and Priya buy something like we don't spend ridiculous amounts of money and there's also nothing wrong with buying yourself something nice but for us it's every time there's a, a quite a big major win in our business like it's it's all about okay how do we celebrate like what do you want what do you need like what have you like we would we would buy like a property based on numbers but mm -hmm. if we're going to go spend let's say which nowadays is so easy a couple of thousand pounds on a bag there's so mm -hmm. much thought process that goes into it for us anyway we're like what do you think how like, are we going to get used out of it where does it fit the same kind of thought process goes into it like is it like vintage what is it like but you go there and the people are just spending thousands and thousands of pounds on shit that, to be honest, in a couple of years, it's not really going to be anything. Yeah, I think it's funny because some stuff, but at the same time, a lot of clothes are, are becoming like, you know, if you buy the right clothes now with the right bag, they're almost becoming collectible. They're becoming investments in the same way, you know. Well, I always think it's better to purchase a piece of jewellery or a watch. It's not wrong. Then a bag or shoes. Mm. Because they but, even, but then even because a lot of people have you heard a lot of people kind of comparing like when, when you see particularly on the internet because everybody um everybody's got an opinion about everything on the internet. Whenever um you're talking about you know buying property, there'll be that person that comes up and says, Well, I just bought this watch for X amount, um, and now it's worth whatever, it's doubled the value. But I think just like property being able to do that comes from contacts and experience because if you're the person that can go into rolex and buy a rolex for retail then you're going to walk out and make money and in the same if you're the person that has a great relationship with your local agent or with an auction house or with whoever a sourcer and they're going to find you a property that is worth more than what you're paying for it i think it's, it's the same principle but yeah, a lot of it comes down to your you know your connections and your experience 100 said they say it's half of what you know and half is who you know it's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a strike of a balance between the two i think there's no harm in ever i think that everybody should treat themselves to whatever that treat might be whatever makes you feel good a holiday piece of jewelry mm. a car whatever it might be but it's so important for you to strike a balance like if you're spending money on yourself or on something you know you can buy something that doesn't really hold its value but you love but what have you done to put in the effort to reward yourself back with like that there has to be a balance between some there there have been a number of years that like, me and Chris, we were actually speaking about today like the 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 work ethic is so real like you're constantly working and you there's no time to go anywhere or do anything or enjoy it everything is, seems transactional so mm -hmm. there are days like this that no we don't buy anything but actually it was spent 24 pounds on coffee and cake we did we really spent 24 pounds on coffee and cake which it is really was it, was it, was it was it a good cake it was a rubbish coffee i still got mine because it was, that it was bad. So, okay we're really not advertising this place very well, but it's a really shitty coffee <laughs> but the cake is super yummy but it is one of those it's okay. a business expense anyway whatever because I, I found like i used to be i used to not spend any money 
like to the point that people thought I might be homeless because I was in the same tracksuit all the time, just on sites. And it was one of my friends that kind of was like, you have to sometimes, sometimes you have to spend money, one to like, I think you just touched on, to kind of enjoy the win of a deal that went well, to be like, okay, let me buy something for myself that's nice. So, you know, I don't just straight away go on to the next one and get kind of get caught up in I'm constantly working, constantly doing stuff. You said if you got that nice bag, but you think I got that bag off the back of some hard work I did, I think you'll appreciate it a lot more. And also sometimes you need the fear to be like, I need to go and get that money back now because that costs a lot. That's exactly what we do. That's me. That's prayer. I'm like, That's if I'm going to spend this, how am I getting it back? Otherwise, I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely like that. It's, it's funny, like, actually, like, we read a, we read this book, um, the, what, what is the one, uh, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harvecker, and it's all about your money mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you approach it? Like, what do you think, like, how do you, what is your thought process of money? Are you, like, abundant? Are you, like, do, are you quite fearful of, like, it's quite interesting. And the same, the same process when we do stuff, the same process applies to when we talk about, like, buying buildings or buying houses, mm-hmm. like, furniture, the same thing. We, that, how we approach our shopping trip to her is basically how we both approach basically furniture shopping. No, we did not. I enjoyed my day today. Thank you. Stop. Yeah. How do you two know each other? Like, what's your what's your relationship? You just I found friends? you on the street. <laughs> I was the homeless person that didn't change the clothes. No, um, so Jasmine's other half is um, what well, is is my best friend. And when I got made redundant, he was like, "Why don't you just meet Jazzy? Go go for a coffee, see what's um, what she's doing, kind of what she's up to." Because she's um, started full time in property. I think mm. one year or two years, before? About a year and a half. Before. Year and a half. So I was like, oh, not really. I'm not interested. Like I'll figure it out myself. And then mm. I got a bit lonely. So I was like, maybe it'll be like might be quite nice. And then so we met up a few times, and then we took it from there. Basically, became shisha buddies. And then mm. um, from that, we've got, we've of, got a big shisha slash property community going on at the moment. We realised, didn't we? So we've heard. Um, <laughs> I've got a lounge at the back of my house. So. <laughs> We don't actually have a proper land. We just named it and locked down little... Anyway. Um, so, um, yeah. And then we kind of both wanted to... I, in the first couple of months of when I started in property, bought a couple of HMOs and got bored quite quickly. So I knew that I wanted to focus on commercial. And Jasmine was looking at commercial um, separately from me. So we kind of, kind of bought it together. And then we just kind of started networking, teaching each other. And then kind of it just organically kind of developed into... Business, business yeah. We never, I, think, I don't that, think I foreseed, foreseed, is that word? No. Foresaw? Foresaw, yeah. Foresaw, yeah. Foresaw this, sorry. It's been a long day, Vic and Harris. You know what, she's saying that, this, this is just there on a general basis. No, even just now, I was having a conversation with my sister, I was like, I actually can't speak English today, like it's not working Okay, that's me. you every week. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we just organically kind of, here we are. Because the reason I ask is a lot of people... You know, even when like, I've been to very few, but at that networking event, a lot of people were kind of being alone in property can be quite a lonely space because there's a lot to learn and it's very daunting. Um, but I think, you know, when if you are looking for a partner, obviously I think although you guys met each other, you know, if you mutual acquaintance, like, well, not just a mutual acquaintance, a lot more than that to both of you. <laughs> but, um, you know, you found the value that each other adds you know add to you and I, I think i can see like definitely a difference of, of personality where you've got different strengths and weaknesses that you sort of can play off each other and i think that's really important if you are going to go into business with somebody that it's not just a case of it's my friend it's somebody that look where where are your strengths and where are my strengths and how are we gonna but i can never work with them 
Yeah. And it's, it's, it's different for everybody, right? Like, I guess. And we have a very similar, like, work ethic. We but have also we're values. Very, but we're very different when it comes to our work. Like, today we've mooched about we've, whatever we've done. It's, it's mm. completely different as to if we were sitting opposite each other trying, trying to, like, figure out a deal or trying to figure mm. out our next step. It's different, right? Yeah. And I think that's with everyone. We, we can have a laugh, we can have a joke, but we can also sit down and do work. And I think over like even over time, that's what kind of evolves, and that's what you kind of gel towards. Yeah. So try. It's a, I definitely think like business. Like I, we always get really worried when like some like someone messages us on Instagram, like, "Oh, we're going to like go into business with my friend." I'm like, okay. Other than both of you wanting to start a property journey, what else do you have in common? Like, mm-hmm. what is your what is your um, thought process towards money? Like, how much are you putting in? Where are your boundaries? Like, how do you both work? How much time are you putting into? What are your long term goals? Like, also effort. Yeah, yeah do they match? Effort is a huge thing when you start into business a uh, relationship with someone. If you're if you're measuring your effort in one way and the other's measuring it in a completely different language, it's never going to work because you're always going to feel at a point where you're disadvantaged. It's like being in a relationship. Legit, like mm-hmm. being in a relationship together, then. And like anybody else in our life, we speak yeah. to each other. Like some of our conversations, super transactional. Some of them, like they're kind of mixed between just kind of checking in and what and that, and that business. But we do. Before I got married, my husband was like, "Do you just want to go and speak to Jazzy again? Do you just want to call Jazzy again? Do you just want to go and see Jazzy again?" I'm like, "All right, relax. I'm not, not dating her." Like, but it is like down. it is like we are. Like we have to kind of set time aside for friendship. But going into business with someone. There were there were a few things for me in prayer that I think both of us had done for each other without knowing that it had kind of reassured the other that it was a good business decision. And I think that people jumping into business with some someone that just because they both want to happen to buy in, I don't know, in one area of or want to buy yeah. HMOs. Particularly not- if it's a long-term business, not just like, oh, it's a JV on an SPV to buy a property. But I think the stuff you sort of touched on in terms of accountability, like time, where do you see the business going, long-term goals. Um, and effectively, I think a lot of that can be dealt with, like, you know, even if, if it's very formal, you don't have, like, the necessary, like, friend relationship at the beginning potentially with like either an article of association which outlines what you expect both parties to do within a business or um, even having like vested shares so effectively you both have to have your article of association would outline what you both have to do to earn your shares in that business so it's not like person a could you know we both okay 50 percent. we set out day one maybe put a bit of money in, but then person A drives the business 100% and builds it and person B is just is holding on. So I think definitely as much as, you know, you, you, you can be friends and it, it's great to work on trust, particularly when we're talking oh, about property or any industry. But it Go. literally can mean nothing as well. Yeah. Or you can have all yeah. of those dots. You can do all of that, you know, whatever. But if it doesn't, if, it, if, if you two don't gel and you can't yeah. see a long-term future, it's never going to work. We have a lot 100%. of people saying, can you join venture with us? Can you do this with us? Can you do that with us? And some people just, we we can't work with. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. But it's also, we're not going to take their time. It's just as much as mm. it's our time, it's their time. And we just have to say yeah. that, okay, we can put you in touch with someone else, but think, we're not the right people for you. I think people are scared to get in, into property by themselves. I think it's a real, I think it's a it's, real big fear for a lot of I people. Like, I think it's scary. Like, I think hey, that's, I'm you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't hide it. That getting into property, whether it, it, it doesn't matter if you're doing rent to rent, flips, BRR, HMOs, there's 
there's a lot of regulations, a lot of money involved, there's a lot of mistakes that can be made, and that's not to put anybody off, but, you know, you, you need to understand what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, 100%. But it's funny though, isn't it? Because someone jumps into property, like they'll, they'll like I might have just met Priya at a networking mm. event and said, okay, I'm looking at buying HMOs in Liverpool. Oh, me too. Well, let's go for a coffee or let's do it together. But you might have been in a relationship with someone for five years and not even bought a house together because you don't <laughs> want that commitment with them yet. Like there has to be a level of understanding. And I think people in the property industry, especially, are not having the harder conversations up front. Mm. They're expecting them to be had later on down the line where, like you'll know at that point it's 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 too late late. it's too late you're financially tied like you're legally tied it's also like with developments a lot of people think a lot a lot of the work happens during the build but most of the bulk of the work is at the beginning because Mm -hmm. you can't how are you supposed to plan anything or how are you supposed to make sure there's efficiency on site if you haven't planned everything at the beginning like everything has to be done. The bulk of the work is at the beginning. Then you kind of just make sure it's going to plan. And it should be the same in your business on who you choose to be in business with. Yeah, I think people say we're lucky, but I think that we... We work hard. We we we, we also had so many awkward conversations. Even this year, like, we, we're moving office, et cetera. We've had to have conversations mm. with each other. Like, okay, where are you going to be in three years? Like, what are you planning mm. on doing? Like, where do you see yourself living? Where do you see your life going? What? How do you want to be tired? These are awkward conversations to have with somebody. Uh- I think we had this conversation, yeah, Yeah. in terms of like, you know, people say you're lucky, but by having those conversations, you put yourself in that position to be lucky because, you know, you make it happen effectively. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of successful people see that you, yes, people can be lucky, but you create your own luck by doing the hard work. Um, I I need to know more about what you've, you know, what you've done, because we spoke very holistically, very top level. So what of um, your first joint project, what was that? So our first one that we did was a uh, office building in uh, Cradley Heath, Cradley Heath, if you're from Birmingham. Well, mm-hmm. um, so we... Um, Mid Dudley. Yeah, Dudley. We bought a um, Dudley. former um, Dudley. council building and we turned mm-hmm. it into 19 um, HMA rooms. Um, mm-hmm. The reason we, we did that was our first project is we used our own money. Um, purely mm-hmm. to kind of prove that we can do commercial conversions and kind of that we had the contingency, the backup. It was kind of, we were also using each other's money for the yeah. first time. Mm-hmm. So we did a smaller project on a smaller scale and then kind of moved into a bigger development space after, um, which was then in the project in Eastbourne. So we so- we sold the oh. the project in Cradley Heath. Okay. It was originally supposed to be basically bought and kind of kept for cash flow. Um, but there was quite a good offer on the table um by a comp like a third party company to buy it they offered like three times so we made like 30 percent profit on cost so basically before furnishing etc they they took it off our hands and nice. it was kind of a money in money out money in for the money for the next kind of project to go it was kind of almost just a reassurance for what we were doing and we also wanted to test the waters with each other to see mm-hmm. how we would work how it would logistically work etc so yeah we that was our kind of first project we don't really have like a like a specific or oh, we would only do this that like we buy with planning we buy like without yeah, planning okay. with permit like permitted development we commercial yeah. residential so we're not fussy we're not like picky but we you just, we just you, you, you follow the money <laughs> we follow no, yeah 100 the money well, follows no. us it's not there's been so many deals there that kind of stacked on paper, but our gut just tells us yeah. no. So I wouldn't say we follow the money. 
I feel like yeah. it's there's a lot of factors that play into making the decision. Yeah. Money guides us, but it's yeah. not the be all and okay. the end all. Like for instance, there might be okay. like twenty five percent on course, and it would be okay for like getting finance, etc. But say if it's only making a hundred thousand pounds, and it's going to take like two years to do it, is it worth it? And it's say yeah. up north. But we're like, mm, actually, it's not It's not really the right deal for us. We need to see time versus cost, where is the most efficient way to put our money in and, and our return. Time. Yeah. So it's not yes, following that, the money. It's, the money is definitely uh, a guiding factor. Yeah. Well, what I, I mean by, yeah, is that I think that's what, when a lot of people ask where, where should they do or, or what should they do, you know, effectively what you're talking about is just percentages. So, you know, based on, on your capital, what's your return based on what you're putting in? And I think a lot of people kind of miss that sometimes, that they'll look at £100,000, but if you could make £70,000 in six months rather than £100,000 over the course of two years, like you just touched on, it's a way better return on investment. 100%. It's also depending, I think, a huge factor for us is time and what other opportunities lie on the table. There's been some great projects, and I got married last month, and we were getting involved in a project, and it just became... A, too much with the wedding, and B, too much warning on Jasmine. We just, the week of my wedding... Oh, the agent pissed me off. We, we just out. we just said no, because yeah. it was just too much of too much going on. And certain things in your life you're never going to get back. So it's not always, you know, like, as much as we're business partners, she's also my best friend. So if she wasn't present at my wedding, it wouldn't be my wedding kind of thing. So you have to kind of... Yeah. It's pros and cons, right? This year has been a big balancing act for us. But we, we like to take on a project as well that really challenges us. Like, that also... Like our second project together, it was all, we, when, when we completed, we also had a conversation with each other like, what the hell? Like, how, this just like we don't even actually understand. Like, we're, we're nearly a year into this process, and only when we completed, we had the conversation of how much. Like, the build was over a million. Like, the mm-hmm. purchase was one, just, just over like 1.1, 1.8 mm-hmm. million. Like, it was so much money. It was in an area we hadn't been in. It was like a, like, but it should have basically been a grade two listed building, but it wasn't. But it was so old. Um, we had never done a care home conversion. We had never worked in that. There was just so many. We had never built to sell units. And when we completed, I was like, Did I know that the numbers worked. It was like only a couple of hours from the house. Like it was like a really looked like a really good fun project. Mm-hmm. But actually. When we stopped, we were like, "What? Like, how did we get? Hit? Like, it was so it's our favorite project today, but we really couldn't figure out like what we because the, the costings were just so much. Like, we had bought properties mm. for a million, but neither of us have ever done a million pound build. Like, yeah. it was just so and much. Relative to our first project, it was real, real big jump up. So, how did you? What processes did you put in place, or what did you change to be able to actually deal with that and make sure that you know? Oh, uh, our control freak, yeah, we, we, we control freak the shit out of this project. So, like, for example, because we didn't have a contract team in the area, we spoke to, I think it was, ten, well, we went to tender with 10 or, tw- I think we spoke to 14 and narrowed it down to 10 people that we interviewed for the tender process. Some didn't even want to get back with the tender pack, no problem, but, like, kind of the, re- the amount of research and diligence, even when it came to picking an agent, again, I think it was nine we spoke to, narrowed it down again and the, the research process was a lot lot we went there yeah. then it would have been you know if we were doing a project like we completed in june we did not start build until october mm-hmm. we could have started build had we picked the contractor but because of like there was just so many it, it was really there were so many hoops to jump through for so many people like we'd never had a qs on site we had never needed yeah. one we were now dealing with a qs which was an absolute pain in 
in my head. In my How life. did you find the QS? Because I've um, never actually used for a recommendation, but we would not be recommending this QS. So, but just but we, I guess the idea of having having your QS though, do you think because of the the size of the project, although maybe this one wasn't beneficial, did you see the benefit or? I do see the benefit. This project was not beneficial because it was the wrong person yeah. for our team. Mm -hmm. The fit kind of didn't work. He didn't work well with our the other people that he should have been working well with, and he didn't work well with us. But the benefit of a QS if they're at an over a million pound project is 100% beneficial. It also allows us to then continue to focus on finding new projects. That's what we're good at. We're, mm -hmm. We can manage our money. We can do all, kind of, all of that stuff. But it allows, if you have a QS, you kind of have more time available to move on, build your pipeline. Yeah, and, that's, and they deal with the bank. And, and that's, our that's our focus. That's why we have an architect, a contract, like a project manager, these things in place. So we can focus on building the pipeline of through flow projects yeah but yeah, yeah it was, it was, what it was. So there was a lot of learning with the project it was a lot it was really a lot of fun though to be honest like and that was when years. when did you start that oh, i can't remember the year i feel like i'm so old it would have oh, 2019 beginning yeah. of 2019 uh february 1st 2019 we got we got offer accepted we okay. we completed in june started works in Oct end of october then covid hit in march so we were off site for about I think it was about six weeks they were off-site. Um, we mm -hmm. also used, not like a big contractor, but he was a very well-known, established contractor in the area. So he decided that he didn't want his guys on-site. He paid them, he continued to pay them. But for six weeks, mm -hmm. they were not on-site when they didn't know what was going on. Then we had, like everybody, we had issues of getting materials, materials because it was 18 yeah. bathroom. was like, not like there were just ridiculous amounts of doors, handles, all this kitchens had not it even been like, like, I think it was that it was, was, no, there was no multi-finish at that time as well, I think. We had we had not we had we had literally a ten thousand square foot building and it only just started to be it was ridiculous so we obviously that that delayed us on one of our other sites we built a storeroom because yeah. we had to import yeah them I think a lot of people were doing that just if you got a spare garage just stockpiling sand cement multi finish bonding shed yeah yeah that's what the the contractors did in one of the sites in the Midlands. But it was so a then that, of, so how long what how long was the build overall for that one? It was supposed to be a year. I think it ended up being about fourteen months yeah. total. Okay. That's still not too bad so, though, considering yeah. considering COVID. We were well ahead to finish in ten months. That was yeah. at the start, kind of, you know, progression every week. There was a lot of learnings on it. The the market kind of hit a bit different to how we expected. So we ended up wanting to hold the building rather than sell it. We're now in the middle of sales we, we okay. then decided to back onto the market so it was a lot of it was a lot of chopping and changing with this one and it's the amount of learnings that have come from it has been absolutely phenomenal like you just couldn't even do you know like some people like theory learning we're on the job like learners like we just want to get out there get up get for want of a better way get our hands dirty a little bit and just mm. kind of understand what's going on and i feel like if you're not in the process you don't really you don't really know the right questions to ask yeah Definitely. I you think because you're never going to know everything, but having the experience that you've been there before before, and be able to ask why, because a lot of people say, oh, like, you know, how did you know? And so I didn't necessarily know what was wrong. Like, I didn't know what was right, but I kind of knew that was wrong. And to understand why are you doing this? Why are we not doing it like that? To be able to get a second opinion, being on site and being proactive is going to give you that exposure. 100%. We were on, there were, there were obviously peaks and troughs. So we'd have to go minimum once a month. But we would go mm -hmm. every two weeks. 
like for sure for sure we were going every two weeks and we would we were twice a week checking with our contracts what was going on like we'd have a whatsapp group if it was something we said that every decision had to be run past us so a lot of developers are a little bit less hands-on but on this I'm one sure we wanted everyone i'm sure your contracts will love that <laughs> Yeah, they, they got so used to it. They're like, okay, bye, call Jasmine and ask for now. Yeah, because we would also say, since everyone called me, I'd be like, I'm not making a decision until I've spoken to prayer. So then if you yeah. called me, but we were very good on turnaround times. Like it was, yeah. if you give me a call, I'll call her straight, what we're we doing. Okay, this is, I need a day or I can make the decision now or whatever you think. Like we're always good at getting back because we know that the longer we take on a decision, it's only mm. going to hold us up. But we um yeah we were control freaks to like they i i know that they at one point we were like we need to see this kind of workshop we need to see this we need to see that like what about this what about that and he was lo looking at us like he's about to ring our neck but i think like the, the two things you just the two things you just mentioned there that like they almost sound like conflicting points but i think they're both really important was one about obviously having you know being sort of a lot of due diligence when it comes to attention to detail and being specific about what you want. But then also you touched on, um, you know, ha in, in the, initially it was your plan to um, sell the properties. You then said, you know what, let's rent them. And then, then decided to sell them and actually being flexible as well. So as much as you need to have kind of that attention to detail, also being able to pivot and make changes based on market forces or changes in what's going on, I think is also really important to anybody really sort of prospective developer. Whenever we look at a deal, we have multiple exit strategies lined up ready because if we don't have them, we've, we would feel like we're not protected and we need to be able to kind of work with any situation, economic change, market change. So we kind of are prepared with, if it doesn't work for one and works for the other, we need to kind of manipulate, see where and how it could work and then we'll kind of enter a deal. So that is really important for us. A deal like this of this magnitude, to be honest, could have, if we didn't have multiple exits, would have bankrupt could have bankrupted us because mm. of how much money we would have owed and how much money would have been sunk into this building. It could have quite easily one or two decisions wrong. It you, you we one hundred percent would would have been bankrupt. And it's one of those things that it's really important for you to kind of be aware of what are you doing. So we had we we looked at it and we have to make sure we're both comfortable. So it's always I think the good thing about having a business partner is. Say if I'm sometimes trying to force a deal to work because I like it, prayer always yeah. comes along with her, like, no, you're, you've gone way too high on this number or we don't like this area or we've said no, 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 vice versa. So there's always a connection set of eyes looking through, being a little bit more thorough as to what's going on. And it's always, we always go with the thought process of if we spend a pound, are we getting two pounds back on the back end of it? Yeah. And if yeah, we're not, just kind of like as a rule of thumb, it's just easy when you're like picking stuff out. Yeah. But we're, we're, I we're, think we're it, is, to... it, it, it is good to have like, because a lot of people would say like, you know, how do you cost this and how do you do that? But you do kind of need a, a top level standard way of saying, okay, like you said, so whether it's, okay, I want to spend a pound and make two pounds or whether it's something else. But if you have to overanalyze every little detail, then it can become very sort of, you know, time consuming. So I think those sort of top level... Just rule of thumb is quite good. I think I think your instinct is everything. Someone like if we came to your patch, I might not have as much of a good instinct on your batch. I mm. might think like, oh, this might not work, and you know a way it's going to work because you're there all the time. Your instinct really counts for for something in mm. this in this industry. I think for sure. So I think we always go by if it doesn't feel right. We even had it with agents. There were agents that were the be the best sellers in the area, and mm. like they were the ones we should have gone with, but 
our gut instinct was actually they just talk the most amount of shit and they're irritating <laughs> and we just can't even look you know like you, when they'd call you'd be like oh i actually cannot be asked to have a chat with you mm-hmm. so we were like actually if you're spending x amount of time on a project it's important for you to be okay with who you work with and be happy to be working with them because you're gonna have to spend like so much time with these human beings what if you hate them all yeah. you're not going to enjoy going to work yeah you are, you are gonna have to every everyone every all these mini relationships it's important to actually be able to get along with people like you said with the builders whether it's business partner agents but yeah, you have to actually have have a relationship with them if you've got to do business with them um in in terms of the industry as a whole like being quite a you know two two young women in quite a female male dominated industry how have you found that and how have you kind of dealt with any issues or i think um at the start i really struggled with it because i wasn't the most confident probably still not as confident as jasmine is as you can see but um what do you I... mean when, the, when you first met me you looked at me and said i quite like you i didn't think i would i didn't say that she that was me that. she said you house that i was looking at yeah done that was her <laughs> okay well <laughs> so you both were both weren't sure if you were gonna lie to me but yeah well, I've, one now anyway i feel a lot of confidence but yeah so starting out how, how did you so, feel, yeah, so how did you I feel? didn't feel like I had the most amount of confidence. I was, was always in a room full of men, wherever, like, networking event or kind of any, like, seminar or any kind of anything property-related. It was always full of men. Um, more so recently, I started to think, actually, I think it's come over time experience and also starting my own projects and building, like, our projects and starting different different things and meeting different people, it really doesn't phase me anymore. No. It's not, I, I still, obviously, when we met on Tuesday, that was the first event we'd been to in a very, very long time. I still did not want to go. I still said, can we go to Marouche on the way and just go and get dinner and go home? And I kind of, I, I still have to get used to it a little bit more and I still have a long way to grow. But I think we've also come a long way and it's not really a factor that we now think twice of. We're not phased by it. It's not phased. It's more of a fuel now at this point. Like, we would go into we would go onto like site and even sometimes like you could tell people would be like why are you here or like we've gone to events where like i've actually had a host of an event like say oh with your attitude or with your with like your age you're not going to get anywhere like you're not going to buy anything or you won't you won't get anywhere and i'm just i just looked i remember i turned around i looked at him i said you don't even know who you're like what you're talking about just because i'm not openly having a chat about so pre-covid me and Priya were not on instagram unless we had personally met um mm-hmm. and we had personally had a relationship or a conversation or whatever you would not know where me and Priya invest what we invest in how much we do even that we in property yeah like mm-hmm. it wasn't something we would openly have a conversation about we would quietly go about our business and people like this host of a property event were the people that fueled me more so than Priya, just to kind of set a tone that actually you can, I think females in property are a, are a phenomenal thing where we pay attention to detail. We can juggle quite a lot of things at one time. We look, we look at a little bit more of a personal touch naturally. We're, luckily, we're a little bit more patient. We're, you know, there's, there's, there's no kind of bravado as much as there is with males as a generic kind of yeah. like stereotype. That's just not how it is. That like we don't go on site and kind of be like, I'm Billy, Billy Big Bollocks with the contractor. Like we listen, it's a little bit easier. And we try to kind of now like feel like actually it's a really good idea 
to like empower no. more females to get involved. But I tell you what, people like him were the reason that I wanted to come onto Instagram. Yeah, we've we've had so many so we've much. had so many like different things. I've been in a room and I you kind of have to say, oh, if you're interested in this deal, or you have an interested interest, raise your hand. So I raised my hand. One of the guys goes, I'm not interested in what you have to say. I said, okay. And then he said, and then it kind of said, you have to say where, how far you've come. I said, I'll put an offer in. He goes, what did you offer? I said, I thought you weren't interested in speaking to me. Yeah. Like mm. now all of a sudden, you yeah. kind of, you're interested. We've yeah. had people come up to us in, at events and said, one person openly cussed me to her face and I turned around. I was like, I'm just going to breathe and just like ignore this man because he's like 55 years old coming for us doesn't mainly prayer he was very rude very like dismissive of her being in property thinking she was basically in her head and th this is Absolutely. the kind of stuff we've also had a commercial agent basically we put an offer on i think i can't remember what it was like, in, essex. in essex it was Charles like 1.5 yeah, like million for the for the building and he was like um, I'm going to need your proof of funds before you put an offer in, which wasn't a case pre-COVID. It was never a thing. Mm. And which then, is also fine, but it was the attitude. Yeah, he gave mad attitude. Yeah. So I just dropped an email. Was, is it because I'm a girl? Is it because I'm young? Is it because I'm brown? I'm going I'm to need to know what your problem is. So then, like, we just was so We then withdrew off. from the deal. And in the withdrawal of the email, we sent him our proof of funds. said, cash, piss off. And we won't be doing business with you ever again. And he was the owner. Like, this is the shit that fueled us. So I think as a recent people, and I think because of social media, people are a lot more accepting of basically not a middle-aged white man in property. But I think pre-social media, and I think even five sure. years ago, it was much easier for a white male of like in his 50s, 60s to go in somewhere be recognised for what he was doing. This is no longer what the industry looks like. The industry is a mix of ages, a mix of gender, a mix of ethnicities, a mix of strategies. You know, there's so many different people doing different things and being great in what they're doing. So I'm just glad that, like, myself and Prayer can just kind of put out there that you don't have to be what you think you're supposed to be because it fed up of, like, being the only female on site or females. Nah, I think, I think that's good. I think, like, your stories like yours are going to inspire a lot more a lot more females to get into get into property that's why i think as much as you know it might have been sort of coming out of a comfort zone a little bit to come onto instagram and to tell people what you're doing because you know you're doing it it's not just it's not just for you like you're doing it for other people as well because you know what you're doing at the end of the day you're still going to make money instagram or no instagram networking events or not but i think for people that actually see do you know what there's somebody that looks like me is not too far from my age it makes it seem more accessible. So, again, we thank you for joining and inspiring. We've had, we've had some great, like, feedback from our Instagram, which kind of does make it all worthwhile. Um, I think yeah. one guy sent us a message saying, I've got, some, I've got two daughters, and I hope one day that they can aspire to be, you know, successful as you guys in the property fields. And, you know, when you get a message like that, kind of all those posts, those stories, all the time. It, it kind of makes it feel really worthwhile. You've been quite, I was checking your Instagram today, you've been quite consistently, particularly recently. I've been seeing the posts a lot of, and also I think a lot of the time it's important, maybe if you're between deals or just working on that pipeline, to actually just put out content in regards to your experiences. So I think for anybody who hasn't checked out, you know, checked out their page, make sure you do, because there's loads of, like the posts are not just a post of a picture, 
it's a lot of information, it's a lot of conversations as well, where you'll see other people that are in We have this debate every time we go to, we, we write content in batches, mm -hmm. right? So every time we yeah. go to write content, so I could write a post, I don't know, hypothetically speaking, and like tax relief or wills mm -hmm. or something like that. No response. So then we thought, okay, let's change this up. Let's put a picture of our face with the same knowledge, mm -hmm. the same kind of content, same kind of message. Mm -hmm. Let's change it up. As soon as we put our face there, everybody wants to talk to us. Everyone wants to engage. When we put a normal picture of site, no one's interested. Mm. It's so crazy. It's I've, so weird. So now, are mean, they following us? Stop. No, so what, what I would say, though, is obviously there's, there's a balance. But what I would say is I found pretty much the same thing. Like, I, I think I joined Instagram at the same time you guys did. Like So about just over a year ago, maybe a year, year and a bit, maximum year, between a year and a year and a half anyway. And it was like, okay... I had the same thing, like I had a, like a close friend of mine, I think wife's family, and for ages they kept telling her they didn't believe that I wasn't doing something illegal because all they ever saw me was not going to work in a tracksuit. And I was kind of like, look, I kind of need to tell people what I actually do or um, they're just, you know, no one's going to have any concept. But then what you'll find is, you know, if you start with just pictures, the engagement wasn't that high. But when you put a face to it, it's that same conversation of, okay, there's actually people that maybe look like me or are closer to my age or talk like me that are actually doing things. So people, you know, whether or not I am property by Kazi or you're the hard hat developers, people aren't going to resonate and buy into those brands straight away. They buy into mm -hmm. the two of you. So I think that's why you probably find that, that increased engagement. But definitely... People can engage with you more the more you give them of yourself which we find quite difficult. Even the other day, I was speaking to a lady. She's not in property. She's growing her Instagram business presence, and she's done it phenomenally. Like, I have to give it to her. So I was talking to her, like, kind of... I'm very interested in business and how business works more so than property. So I was, explaining, like, explaining her business model. She was explaining it to me and how she's used social media to her advantage. Mm -hmm. And she goes, Priya, all you need to do is put your face out there. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? She's like, you just put your put your put your private life. The minute you put your private life, everyone becomes interested. And yeah, it's a balance. Me, like, it's a balance, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but also there's some things in my life that don't need to be on social media. You know, yeah, and sure. people as well. Like, in, we just try to be real, though. So, so that's yeah. what it was. That like, if we have an experience, like for instance, you asked yeah. us like, how is the female in the industry? We always try to be honest. It's a little bit of yeah. we aren't like polished. We aren't. Um, can't speak English some days. Yeah, most days. Um, we're not scripted. Like we're very just like ourselves, and we try to kind of be the same wherever we are. Because I just think if you're going to run a business and have all of the headache of running a business, because people think it's easy. People think, oh, you can switch off when you want, and you can go on holiday when you want, and you can do whatever. You... It's not. It's so difficult. You're more switched on when you have a business than you are if you work for somebody else. In my opinion, so. Yeah. If I have to take on all of the headache of that, then the, the benefit should be I get to be myself no matter where I am. Unapologetic. If I want to wear a hoodie, I should be able to wear one. doesn't matter where I am. If I, if, I, if I want to be a little bit kind of not be politically correct or be like have corporate language, then I should be able to be that way. And that should be a benefit of running my business because we are our business and that's who we are. So we, we really wanted to kind of make sure that people get into the property industry knowing all of the pitfalls that go along with it because it's not easy. just be real because it's we, not easy every day when we look when we were starting our instagram and our social media we looked at a lot of property accounts and kind of you know did our market research to understand how we want to position ourselves and what we want to say 
and that felt all of them would give you all the highs, all the highs. You know, I made X amount in this amount of times, or I, you know, I got this and I got did that, and it's actually not true. Yeah. So the reality is, at ten o'clock at night, after this second call, we can be doing something. We need to take the call. At six o'clock in the morning, we're actually figuring some other shit out. Or on a Sunday, do... you've had your whole fucking refurb done, and then four days after the refurb, a there's a whole leak. There's a whole leak, and you're basically mm-hmm. on a Sunday um, with a plumber, an uh, electrician. Like you've got like these hoovers vacuuming all the water up. It's ruined your whole refurb that you've been doing for five. Like no one tells you that side of it. Like I think mm-hmm. a lot more people are starting to, yeah. but we didn't find that that position was as it wasn't as real as. Mm. It was then, and that's what we try to kind of portray, that it is hard work. It doesn't happen overnight, and you might be your own boss, and you might get, you know, all these finer things in life, but it's not It's not easy. It comes at a cost. Yeah, sure. Mm. Mental health. Yeah. <laughs> we said that we're not busy. We're not business owners. We were like, at one point, you were like, just like firefighters. Like, every, sometimes your yeah. phone rings, and all you're doing is like, you're literally just, yeah. like, what is that game? You know that where it pops up? That, that mole thing pops up and you're literally oh, whack-a-mole you're just trying to figure it out it's literally just one problem solving issue at a time yeah. I don't know if you think that's true, but that's how no, it. no, no, I, yeah, no, definitely it can, it can be like that especially especially as we're trying to grow because I guess the, the diff, what we're trying to do in properties we're always trying to go bigger and better if you stay within your comfort zone you can get to a point where you can have processes in place and stuff starts to look after itself and you know, maybe you work with a team that can do the same thing over and over again. But if you want to grow and come out of your comfort zone and, you know, you want to go from making tens of thousands, to hundreds of thousands, to hundreds of thousands to millions and beyond, then I think it's always going to be like that because great things don't happen when you're comfortable, um, yeah. which I'm just great at this. I'm going to be a host. This segue is amazing. So what's next? What's your next? Like, where, where do we go from here? What are your next projects? Where do you see yourself in the future? So we're working on a project at the moment, which we're kind of, we're waiting on. Um, we're going through planning. Yeah, so we're kind of mm-hmm. waiting, um, which we're keeping under wraps until we've, it's one of them like, um, like you know, the superstition, like just keep your mouth shut until it actually comes through because yeah, yeah. it doesn't come through right donut. Um, so mm-hmm. this project for us, if it, we've got a couple of ways, we can either build it out or sell it on with planning. Mm-hmm. But if we build it, it will be, the biggest project we've done today and it will be like life-changing for us so we're a lot of our time and effort has gone kind of on that we're currently like kind of finishing off the other projects um yeah, we've got to be coming to an end at the end of this month so well actually i want to say the end of september because this month finishes tomorrow tomorrow is it no, no tuesday, tuesday. 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 so the pressure is on for us but two in the next few weeks two buildings going through sales as well yeah um we're also doing smaller projects alongside to keep our kind of our cash flow going because so little uh, smaller HMOs, five six beds, and yeah. And the next, it was a big personal year for us. Um, so we kind of decided very early on in the year that we would probably be tying up a lot of our loose ends and be enjoying a little bit more family time. Just like obviously Priya's getting married. We've had a lot of kind got of stuff. Sorry. Yeah, Priya got married. My bad. I wasn't. No, I cannot get married again, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, if Priya gets married again, I could not cope. Like I really couldn't. I'd leave. I'd, I'd, I'd do. <laughs> I'd leave. It's too much. Um, but like just kind of start like moving houses, like we're, we're both moving areas, etc. in our lives. So it's just a lot of kind of personal stuff for us. But also after last year, we're just in, kind of taking it a bit slower 
enjoying. Mm, I think I remember I saw your infrared with um, Alfred. I think or a live with Alfred where you were just talking about sort of um, like consolidation during during lockdown yeah. in particular as well. Which I think is, is also last point. year was a tough year for it. a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and if it's taught us anything, it's to kind of be in the moment and enjoy things a little bit more. We're just grateful to, to be honest. Like so many businesses went under last year. I think, I mm. mean, that like we we are about consolidating. So we're trying to not be leveraged. I know that a lot of people that have been on trainings, etc., talk to like leverage, leverage, leverage. But I think it gets mm. to a point in your business that leverage is not the best thing about your business like you need to have some sort of equity in it you need to have some sort of stability in it and i think that we're at a part that actually where we are kind of getting to a different stage of our lives we need to have some sort of stability we don't really want to be dealing with finance company like for us the worst thing about property is probably the financing side of it like mortgages like development finance i cat they all annoy me like i've only found one lender that is a nice that's nice the rest of them I, just, I, just I see why. I see why you get along with Ted. By the way, you like you like to get why? frustrated by people quite easily. <laughs> just, oh, they annoy me. Oh, they annoy me. The agents annoy me. The QS annoyed me. We we you we should have seen us last week. Last week we had a week from hell. So we sold a property, and my well, the solicitor sent the funds to the wrong account, and then blamed me for completing the sale of proceeds, whatever bullshit form that is called, incorrectly. I lost my absolute shit. And on my task today, is, I, I, I stayed quiet. We got the money, stayed quiet. My task this evening is to write an email to her boss, annihilating her. Because this is not She's, okay. I mean, you can't send that, like, like a lot, like, it was a lot of money to be sent into the middle of bloody nowhere. So, luckily, she sent it to the wrong count. So, it was in limbo, in Barclays limbo, as in, like, you know, when they have to return the funds. Yeah. So, then, I sat in the bank for four hours in the morning, on a Monday morning, I literally cried to one of the people in the bank because they're not, they weren't, they weren't talking. They're like, we have no business managers here. There's all the business, but all the business bankers now, they work for It's centralized in permanent. This is not okay. Like I am super stressed out. Where is my money? Like, I tell you what happens though. If one of us is annoyed, the other one is like the calm one. When the other one is venting, I'm just fuming even yeah, thinking about yeah, this woman the, on the, the, phone. the other one brings like calm. So we we're, we're, we're able to kind of like. There's never really a point where both of us are irritated. Like we'll have a conversation okay. of like, okay, right, so are you taking this one or am I going to? But get I took yours? ten minutes. I was like, let me actually go through my emails and see if I messed up. Because if I messed up. Cool, I'll figure it out. But now, when I'm figuring mm. out someone else's mess, it's whole yeah, game. Yeah, it, it is. That is to be fair, though. That is a lot of property is figuring out in other people's mess, like whether it's yeah, on site or whether right. it's whatever. That is. My worst part, I called her. I said, I am sick of doing other people's jobs. How thick are people? That's what. That's the frustration, isn't it? But like, so like, we all have our own kind of like. When we did, when we self-funded a project, it just makes life so much easier. Like you can, mm. I think that. I think my frustration with this industry at the moment is one, how slow everything is. Like it's so yeah. slow. Like it's ridiculously slow. We should have evolved in life. Like when we went for a refinance, land registry hadn't even updated the titles to have us on it. So our new finance couldn't take over mm. until we were on the, on land registry. Like what's happening? Why has it say got like a three yeah, month delay? So this kind of stuff I feel like is very frustrating. And then the second thing for me is the fight. I don't think 
the finance side of this industry has caught up with the creativity of a lot of the developers and our creativity in terms of how we look at a deal and how we structure it and how the numbers are done. I think that you kind of need somebody to come in at the level of what kind of like high street funding is giving you at like seven, let's say 8%, but not kind of be charging like, like basically like, when they're charging like 30, 40%, like on Mez Finance, to, for you to be creative. I think, that, I think there's a gap in the market yeah. for finance. And I think that for us is the frustrating thing because I don't want to be wasting six months of my life going through financial hoops and paying lawyers for watching me sign a personal guarantee, which I signed last week for someone else at the same time and paying you like £250 a time. It's ridiculous. Like this is the kind of stuff that frustrates me. I'd rather give it to somewhere else. So I think that for us probably the next couple of years is to just self-finance or private fund all of our deals yeah. Yeah. because I'm just overpaying banks, like tens yeah. and twenty thousands evils. I'm over it. I think that is, that's a very interesting, I think we might, I might, I might bring, bring someone on from finance in the near future to discuss that. Cause I think definitely that, you know, there is a lot of creative deals and a lot of creative developers. And I think, not just on finance, but like you mentioned from charges and updating land registries and very, various other things that there's so many delays that stop something that technically could be really smooth. And then you get to these bottleneck points where it's sort of computer said no. Um, yeah. So I think, but I don't want to take up any more of your Sunday. I don't want, I don't want you to be a uh, moody at me. You do like, like be moody we're at something. So I don't, I don't want to get told off. We're just going to be having a sheesh after this, to be honest. We'll have a sheesh and we'll about you after as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Firstly, we're going to do our um, official, because I, I don't like networking events, but I do like the idea of just a property sheesh link up. So we're going to get our, our sheesh gang in. I know there's a few of them we've discussed. Definitely. Um, can see can see Alfred in the building. I can always see Alfred, Alfred yeah. late night after his builder stress him out of a shisha in his living room. So we're getting involved with a few other people that we've met. But um really appreciate you guys coming on today. Thanks, um, I think it's been a lot of value for everybody um that's been in here, everyone that's joined the live. Um it is gonna be available on the YouTube, um Spotify, Apple, not- whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So why Why do you not look at me? You always look at her like, hey, what did you get me into? Do you know what she said to me today? This is the last live that I'm doing. I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> I hate lives. But to be honest, uh, this one's what? actually been a good Normally they're really bad quality. And Has this been your favourite? Yeah, because before, normally, I don't mind doing them. I had Alfred, <laughs> Alfred in here, by the way, and you did his live and just said, this is my so favourite. So, literally... She's got favourites, it's okay. She's no, allowed, usually, she's favourite. Usually it's always really bad and we get distorted and it's just carnage. I'm like, this is a waste of my time. But this has mm. been fine. Basically, this even shopping good, with yeah. me and Harris is wasted her time. She basically, I don't know what is not a waste of her time. <laughs> I hate wasting time, by the way. Like this. Is so, anyway, we're good. It's well, amazing on YouTube. Pre- That's what you were saying. Exactly. Oh, like, yeah. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Um... This is the end of season two. So last episode, they'll probably go live in a couple of weeks. Um, and then we're going to have season three. So if there is anybody else that you want to see me have on, we've got loads of good guests booked in for the next season already. If anybody else that you want to see me have on, drop me a message and we'll see if we can get involved. Um, thank you, everyone, for logging in. Thank you for being a part of this. And enjoy the rest of your Sunday, everyone. <laughs> Take care. Bye. See ya. Bye.